Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 109, She's Smarmy. So Perry told me what my mom went through during the buzzer's affair. It turns out that as soon as she wrote her first memo defending the buzzers, everyone in the traffic maven's office decided they hated my mom. I mean, hated her. They moved her out of her office to a bench next to the copier machine. They demoted her, so she was reporting to flunkies she used to rebuke sharply, including Zelda Zaney, who every day passed her in the hall and asked, What are you still doing here? But every day my mom went in and typed up memos telling the whole office how she was planning to bring in guys from out of state and how she was getting interviewed by the paper and how she was calling for a hearing and who was listening to her on the town council. In other words, staying in their faces for eight hours all day, every day. When I was only 16 and Perry told me about it, I had no experience with jobs, but just the thought of spending all day around people who wanted me to drop dead and rot made me shiver. So how does that make her kernuts? I asked. Okay, the day your mom got fired after losing a big case in front of the town council, Whitney Palmer came in and found a dead rat on a desk. She almost had a nervous breakdown, my dad says. I guess they never proved it was your mom who put it there. Right then, Perry laughed. And then I laughed. Oh, yeah. Whitney Parmler was the real name of Zelda Zaney. That night when I got home, my mother was sitting at the kitchen table wearing kind of a print blouse that looked like a man's shirt. She looked tired and kind of greasy and was smoking a cigarette. And I said, so mom, is it true you put a dead rat on Zelda Zaney's desk back in the traffic buzzer days? And her eyes lit up just a little and she said, I might have. Then she laughed a long series of hisses, blowing smoke through her lips. This is all to say that the adventure my mom had kind of traumatized me secondhand about long-running confrontations. I mean, I can have a feud with somebody if I'm not seeing them all the time, like in the workplace. But when I think about every day going in and seeing people who I have to try to stick it to before they can stick it to me... People who call me jerkwad and roll their eyes and offer me coffee they've maybe blown their noses in. All the fight goes out of me. So because of that, and because she kept pressuring me, I knew I'd decide to send this manuscript off to Jessica. Eventually. It burns me up, though. Jessica knows the Zelda Zany story. She knows about my mom and why I can't stand prolonged antagonisms. She used that against me, and it's got to be unethical. I 
I mean, it's a special knowledge she has about me. She's like that stockbroker in Wall Street who gets insider information and then sends it out to Michael Douglas. He went to prison for that, for Christ's sake. I trusted this therapist. So now she knows I have chronic confrontation issues and that it's this deep-rooted anxiety. So what does she do? She uses it to get what she wants from me, the damn snatch. So I attached the manuscript, or what I have of it so far, to an email and almost clicked send, but I came to my senses at the last second and deleted the email and went to bed instead. Fuck you, you cuntcha. I started to feel a little less paranoid. First, it wasn't like the wife had already taken off on me to spend the summer blowing parp. She was still at home and acting all supportive of my wanting to get back into the biz. Of course, my wanting to get back into the biz was more of a simmer than a burn, so the wife's support seemed a little over the top. But hey, it was support, and I wasn't used to getting that from the wife. So I paid the favor back by supporting her academic endeavors and even asking her questions about the newbie school and what she was studying. So she'd think I maybe thought about it for more than a split second when she wasn't around. And I was still going to the gym, lifting weights, squeezing my kegels. I missed fucking Fern's face, but I thought I might have a shot at Nipsey at the gym. And then there was the prospect of bumping into Cammie down at Whispers' tobacco shop. I really wanted her completely out of my life. But she periodically went down to Whispers on 6th, which is what Bobby's old man called it when he opened the store back in 1960-something. It was kind of a landmark. Celebs who smoke cigars came in there. It was pretty ritzy, too, which, if you know, Whispers is kind of a clash of styles. I mean, the guy is all gangly and stumbly, and I don't think I've ever seen him wear anything but a T-shirt and jeans and an old leather jacket left over from his comedy writing days. But he doesn't work out front. The people who work out front are pretty people who take the time to think about dressing to respect others. At least... Dressing to respect others is what my mom called it, and she always dressed to respect others. I was thinking about it down at the gym while staring at Nipsey's nips. It would be cool, I was thinking, to bone Nipsey and Jessica in the brutal three-way all women secretly crave. It would also be cool to see the old gang from Little Round Jewish Hat again. God, we had some great times. So Captain Think was making it pretty clear to me that I would soon be going down to help out with the tobacco at Whispers' shop, even if I did bump into the boy-blowing bitch. Look, when I met Cammie way back, well, it was like six weeks earlier. When I met her then, I was putting on a big shiny show. I'm pretty sure that's the way it was with her, too. She was just putting on a face to meet the faces that you meet, like T.S. Eliot said. Or maybe it was D.H. Lawrence. One of those writers with two letters instead of a first name. So what I'm saying is me and Cammie had these fake faces. But we also had souls. And souls can be hurt. And we hurt each other. Because deep 
down. She's smarmy. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2022, by Dan Wrench.